Welcome to the Fagication Podcast. In this episode, we're going to be talking about how to calculate your rates. Now, pricing yourself is an enormous problem within the sort of creative community, particularly freelancers, because we're unsure of what we should be charging. And unless you're going to do your research and kind of find out what other people are charging, and not, they won't always tell you, it's going to be you know very tricky to kind of gauge what is a fair market rate. And I remember quite a few years ago, I was at this networking event and I'd been sort of doing local networking events for quite a while. And what was continually happening was the people uh, at the event, they were very kind of, uh, it was a regional event. So they were fixated more on understandably getting value for money and kind of wanting a deal. Um, but what this meant was that kind of my experience working in big agencies and for bigger clients didn't really translate to them because they didn't have the budgets and so obviously understandably they were kind of like look we you know we're just looking for sort of the cheapest possible deal and what this often led to is people undercutting me and them going with other people and it got to this kind of stage where I began to lose sight of kind of my ability and the value I could bring to people's businesses um, because you end up everything gets this sort of you're fixated with price you're compared with price and um, that's the only thing that matters and I found this kind of low glass ceiling was really suffocating and terrible for my mental health because I'd gone from this kind of you know looking at doing a workshop for a couple of grand a day in London to you know ending up charging like 500 pounds for a three-day retainer uh, in Cornwall and you're kind of it's understandable. It's a poorer area of the country. You know, I understand that why. But I, I, it's amazing how if you are around people who can't afford you or don't have the budget to afford you, you end up competing on price with people who you shouldn't be competing with and often getting undercut on price. And this is the way it is. And I understand that. But I always want to inspire and push people to get away from that and break through that glass ceiling and get to a stage where they're charging what they should deserve to be charging delivering a brilliant service that their clients are very happy with and are you know doing very successfully because of the impact of that person on their business and I always felt that when you were sort of doing work with everyone it was very much everyone did each other a favor or a deal or a discount and the reality is that it's a kind of slow spiral downwards because your bills don't get cheaper, you know, the council tax, the government, they don't give do you a favour. So you end up eating into any kind of marginal small profits that you're making. And actually, it would have been more beneficial if we'd all gone the other way and all paid each other properly. And we all charged a little bit more because we'd have all done better from it. But that wasn't going to happen. So the lesson I learned was that just it wasn't I was just in the wrong place. And it wasn't anyone's fault apart from my own. Because I understand having run hotels and restaurants, there is a limited budget available to do what I need to do. And there are loads of important things in a business. And, you know, maybe some things like overhauling the website aren't quite as important as hiring a chef for the season or making repairs to the building. So I totally understand that. And I probably didn't communicate what I could offer properly. And it's unrealistic to expect London prices in a Cornish market. However, 
me not being able to communicate my expertise and letting the market dictate what I was charging meant that I had forgotten my self-worth. And it was this thing of how could I go from having like a couple of decades of industry experience, working in advertising, working on big brands, having my own billboards in Times Square sort of thing without seeming arrogant. But now I was being undercut by a sort of a random freelancer who was just going to do it a bit £100 cheaper. And so what I needed to do is I needed to totally rethink my approach and actually go, this isn't working for me. I'm not fulfilled or happy by the projects. The clients don't understand my value. I think I can do better or be certainly more valued if I'm in a different market who does perhaps, you know, has experience working with people with my experience um, and would value what I do. So for me, I decided on changing my approach, um, focusing on appealing to a different market, changing my pricing, and actually this time making a, a real effort to communicate my expertise and show how I could add value to their business, knowing that they could afford me if, if they thought I was worth the investment. And this change is the sort of thing I want to talk about today with pricing, because pricing is a big buzzword uh, and there's ways to do it. And we're going to go through how you should price and what your options are. But for me, the, the concern with pricing is that people nearly always underprice what they do. Um, and this tends to lead you into a kind of vicious cycle and a scarcity mindset where, you know, you, you slightly underprice to win the work. You do a deal, you know, you, you offer a discount or whatever. But the slight problem is if clients can get used to that, those prices. So you underprice to win the work, but it's at the expense of your reputation, and your self-respect, because you lack confidence. So you underprice to win the work and therefore you kind of slowly move down into a different sort of category of clients who can't afford that anyway. So you're kind of cheapening what you offer. And the problem is this is if you charge less, that means your profit will be less. And if you get caught up in things like scope creep or endless revisions or your costs go up, we have to bring in people to help because it goes on for so long. They all those things eat into your profits and you can't pass those costs on to the client because you've already done them a deal and you can't just go and change your mind and raise your prices again. And if you keep doing this, you end up getting less and less profit. You lose confidence in what you do. And therefore, you resort to like, well, instead of relying on your ability and your reputation and your talent to win the work, you just think, if I just undercut the lowest guy, I'll win it anyway. And that's always a race to the bottom. And we never want to be in a position where we are being um, one chosen because we're the cheapest, simply because you don't want to be undercut by someone who's prepared to go lower than you. We'll all just put ourselves out of business, you know. So what we need to do is kind of rethink, you know, about how we work. Um, and take this opportunity to build a business that works for you, not one that you work for. You need to think about deciding what you want to be known for and who you want to work with so that over time you can actually begin to build this dream business so you will eventually end up making good money doing work you enjoy with clients you love working with and that's where we all want to go and it's absolutely possible generally you're always going to have to kind of if it comes to pricing I always say overestimate what it's going to cost you so you build that into when you're pricing so always price slightly higher than what you expect it to be because that way you're guaranteed to always make some profit and if you can't charge more or you're struggling to charge more you're going to need to gain that experience um, and that success rate so that you can do so 
once you do all these things, you gain experience, you gain confidence, you price a bit higher, you target a new market, and you build extra services and solutions to these client problems, all of this will help raise your revenue um, and you know stave off that scarcity mindset. But the point of this podcast was to talk about how to calculate your rates um, so that you know you are competitive and you feel you're kind of at the right level and you're not underpricing. So I wanted to go through different types of rates, you know, hourly, project, value-based, and all these different things. Talk about what's good about them, what's so bad about them, and how to do them in your business. And then you can decide what works for you. So first up is hourly rates. So if you want to calculate how much you should be charging per hour, then the easiest way to do that is to start always with how much you want to earn in a year. So you take your annual income and you divide it by 10 months. The reason it would be 10 instead of 12 months is quite often you're probably going to want holiday time and that's going to be at least probably five weeks over a year. And then those other three weeks are going to cover all the times that you're doing other things like traveling, networking, all these other kind of miscellaneous tasks that can't be billed for. Um, and that gives you a kind of, and a plus, you know, 10 months is an easier kind of mental figure to divide things with. So if we say 10 months, we want to work that out and then we want to try and get down to what our hourly rate is. So we're going to say on average, you do eight hours a day. So that would mean there's 160 hours in a month. And what you want to be able to do is go, okay, if I'm dividing my annual income by 10 months, so for ease of maths for me, more than you, would be if I want to earn £100,000 in a year, I divide that by 10 months, which is like, okay, so now I need to earn £10,000 a month. And then I'm going to divide that £10,000 by 160 hours. So that would work out I'm doing eight hours a day. And that figure gives me £63 an hour. And that is the figure that I cannot go below if I want to hit my annual target. And that's the whole point of that. You need to understand what is the lowest you can go and not to go below it. Because if you calculate a project and you come in and I'm like, oh, I'm doing £48 an hour. There's no point going, oh, I can live with that because you're just undermining your annual goal. So we need to make sure that the baseline is that £63 an hour target. Now, the pros of pricing hourly it can be great, you know, depending on how you work and what type of jobs you're doing, it can be really good. I think it's particularly well suited to kind of smaller, quick jobs um, because, you know, it makes more sense. And sometimes it's easier to sell like an hourly rate than a bigger project work because that's how the client feels more comfortable. You know, if it's kind of admin related, such as doing accounts or maybe copywriting, you know, you can you can usually that may be clients are more comfortable kind of using that on an hourly basis and the other thing is if you are charging hourly if you do go from say 63 to 70 pounds an hour on average that compounding effect of you just it seems like a small increase but actually will have a massive knock-on effect overall to your annual income that's important so it is easy to kind of make a big difference in your annual income just by raising your hourly rate a small amount. So these are all the pros of, of charging hourly. Um, for me, the cons of charging hourly is if we look at the calculation we did, I'm sort of estimating that I'll do, I'm paid to do eight hours a day for every sort of weekday of that month. Now, that is very, very unrealistic. 
I don't think I'm going to be able to get booked up for 160 hours a month consistently. Um, and even if I do, there's kind of if, if I am booked up regularly, I've automatically limited myself by what I can actually earn by setting an hourly rate. That's one factor considering the biggest thing I think and you know, you probably heard this before, but you're penalized for efficiency. So if you are designing a logo and you're thinking of concepts and you manage to, you know, you've, you've coded a project and you've said, well, a logo will take me 20 hours to do. And you're like, okay. And you're working through it and you realize that after five hours, you've actually managed to come up with a really, really good design and you go, actually, this would solve it. But now I'm only going to get paid for five hours of my time instead of the 20 hours that I quoted. Where really, if you are efficient, the client should be happy to pay that fee anyway and be delighted that you've come to the solution quicker and you've saved them time. But if you're charging hourly, your only real option now is to delay for the full 20 hours and then present the logo. And that isn't really a great way to sort of be set up. You're kind of like, what what am I going to do? Present fake sort of sketches as I build up to this solution. It's all a bit bizarre. And it is this thing of, as you get better at what you do, there is a there, there was a famous uh, example. I think someone they'd done something very quickly. Now, there is always I think there's a, there's a meme of a horse sketch which talks about this, but it's this thing of people who have been doing something a long time. They know instinctively how to come up with a solution. So you can draw something very quickly. You can cook something very quickly. And you know people who don't understand that will ask like, well, you know, why have I paid you so much when it didn't take you very long to do it? And the answer is. No, what you're paying for is the 30 years of learning that I've built up over time so that I can deliver it really quickly. And that's what you're paying for. And so with hourly pricing, you have to, in order to justify your worth, bill for lots of hours. And then you either have to find something to do in those hours or you have to get in an uncomfortable situation of doing nothing um, and waiting until you feel you can sort of, I've, well, I've built up enough now to justify the solution. So that should keep the client happy. It's It's never a good way to do it. Plus... The other point is clients can get very picky about how you're charging them. I find that hourly rates or hourly you know, charging by the hour comes with a lot of scrutiny. I don't know why that is, but I know certainly if I've like booked a handyman for the day and it's you know 350 for the day, I don't really think about how many hours he's doing. But if he was charging me £50 an hour, I would be calculating and counting up those hours hoping that I could maybe get him to speed up and like maybe I'll only build me for five hours today instead of six and this is a mentality problem and if you can because it effectively the hours are going to be assigned to a task and then they're going to work out why is it taking you so long to do that sort of thing and then that is a good relationship where the client is scrutinizing what you do where they're counting the hours you're working and questioning your kind of process that's no good and the big thing at the end of all this is you can be price shopped and undercut on places like Fiverr and Upwork because it's very, very easy to basically compare people like you and go, what's their hourly rate? I'll pick the cheapest person, which is totally true for tutors. If you go to Tutor Hunt and you search for different tutors, initially you don't really know anything, especially if you're learning online, what is it that's going to determine their price? So I'm just going to go for what I think is fair. And that's not a great thing to be choosing on. And that's the only way to choose of, you know, easily is on an hourly basis because sites like Fiverr and Upwork will allow you to, you know, rank and filter candidates based on how much they charge an hour. And you don't want to be in this position where you are just being price shopped between someone because, you know, the, the level of quality and experience varies wildly. So for me, 
That's the pros and cons on hourly pricing. I am not a fan of hourly pricing at all, but I understand that sometimes it can be useful, such as if you have, let's say you're doing a project for a project fee, which will be the next thing we come on to, and the client wants extra revisions outside the scope of the project. You've agreed on these, but you've said, we will do up to three rounds of revisions. However, any further charges will be pet, will be billed at £100 an hour outside of that. Then that kind of makes sense because you're recouping some of the money and the client's probably not going to ask for more than probably two or three hours of extra work, especially build, being billed at higher than they expected. They'll want to be quite careful with that. So that would be where you'd find a kind of happy medium between offering a project and an hourly combination. Now, project, which is my preferred route, is what you're going to come in next. If you want to calculate what your project route is, again, we need to start with the final outcome, £100,000 a year for this case, and then we need to divide that by 10 to work out, well, it's £10,000 a month. I need to be hitting £10,000 a month in projects, so I need to work out how many projects can I deliver in a month that will earn me £10,000. So if you say, well, I can do four, that's one a week, this gives you a figure of £2,500 per project which means you book four a month for 10 months of the year and you will hit your target. So again, that two and a half thousand pounds is the figure you cannot go below when quoting for a project, you know, in a whatever, quoting for a job. Because you know if you if you go under that, then you're not going to hit your target. So this again is the same thing of we can set the rate for ourselves and, and it gives us a baseline. And I think the baseline is crucial because we never want to go below that. So this again gives you an idea of what a baseline will be for a project. You could say, "Oh, I need only I can land ten thousand pound projects, and I only need to deliver one a month." So, same thing applies. But again, we want to make sure we know what the baseline is, and now we do. Now, the pros of uh, project-based pricing is your work isn't scrutinised in the same way it is when people, you know, are charging hourly. The client won't bother to break anything down. They'll know the price. They'll have it approved. And as long as you deliver what you have to do within the time set for that price, the client's going to be happy. So that's great. You know, you want to make sure that you are not under scrutiny. You had the freedom to work in a way that suits you. You know, and, that, and in that case, as we talked about earlier, if you found the logo solution within five hours, you're not punished for it because you're still going to get the full price at the end. Um, and the fact you finish sooner just suits everyone. So that's great. Um, I also find that you can go after sort of bigger and more meaty projects that you can price at a higher price than you will do on hourly based pricing. Because again, if we're, you know, the amount of hours we would need to do to come close to charging sort of, you know, 10 grand for a project would be insane, which means that we've got to justify why we're charging all those hours and what is that going towards. And again, we come under scrutiny for how we're spending our time and what we're billing for. And that isn't great. So, like I said, this is the thing where if you are experienced, you're knowledgeable and you're quite productive, all of that is rewarded. Your efficiency is rewarded. You can land bigger jobs and you'd come under less scrutiny, which all for me make it a far superior option to hourly pricing. Now, of course, there are cons. Um, when you're doing these kind of projects, a lot more planning will need to go into the total project fee you'll need to factor in every kind of facet of the job and price as accurately as possible for the week before the work begins um, and this can be quite time consuming but the problem is you know if you get it wrong it's very hard then to maneuver if you're doing hourly then you have a degree of flexibility because you're probably you know you're billing as you go 
with this if you underprice by mistake then you're going to miss out on the profits and in order to sort of keep going because you can't build the client more it's going to affect your time it will work you know you're going to basically have to work lots of extra hours without payment so that's not ideal particularly if you're hiring other people to bring and bring into the project with you and they charge you more they're going to eat into your profit and you're not going to be able to put up the price because you've got it wrong and it's set in stone scope creep would be an example of that you know if that's not clearly defined in your contract and that can drag on you know number of revisions that they, the client wants to do and they take ages giving you feedback once you've gone i mean there are ways to mitigate that in contracts but the point being is once you've set the hourly fee anything that you haven't predicted or you can't control that comes into the project that is taking longer than expected that is going to be eating into your profits and if you're not careful it can eat all of them and then you find yourself delivering a project which is actually losing you money so that is the the negatives of if you were to go down the kind of project pricing scenario but all of those can easily be kind of mitigated by you getting good at quoting properly and having a watertight contract which you explain to the client uh, the third option, which is value-based pricing. And a lot of us have heard value-based pricing and are very sort of seduced by it because um, you can command a much higher fee than you would do because what you're doing, you're basing your price on a percentage of the value that you can provide for the client. So, for example, if you can generate an extra £150,000 of business for your client, so it's an e-commerce website, and your fee is kind of 10 to 20% of that value, then you're looking to be charging 15 to 30,000 for that project and because it's set you know to say well if i bring in an extra 150 grand then 30 grand is is cheap because like you know you're getting a fantastic return on the investment so when it's put in that context you can understand why how why and how you can sell value based pricing in the key thing is the client has to articulate the value you provide you can't force it on them they need to articulate it so they can understand it and appreciate it and agree with it and they must also determine what success looks like by assigning metrics of success to that so that you can measure how successfully you're doing so here in this example if you say well we're going to add an extra £150,000 worth of revenue to the business that's a success metric you know if you don't hit that success metric then you failed in your objective and the client might want to push back on your fee for the project you know it raises the point generally they're going to say things that we want to increase our following make more sales get more customers grow an email list all these kind of things and all of those you can eventually work out a monetary value to each one now it's always very good when making your case to try and explain all of it to the client and show if we hit all these things for you this is worth x amount to your business so if i said to you it's going to generate x and you were only to pay like 20% of that, that would be a shrewd investment, wouldn't it? And then they would work it out and go, yes, if you hit that target, then we're happy to pay up to X and then you can go from there. Now, obviously, the pros of value-based pricing is that you can earn a lot more than just project-based pricing. And you are absolutely rewarded for your talent and the successful results you will achieve for that business. Um, so, like I said, if you're confident in your ability and you can communicate with the client clearly, and you believe you can deliver on what you're promising, then absolutely this is a really good thing to consider. Um, however, I've often found that it can be quite difficult to master that value conversation because it you know, isn't straightforward. And certainly clients that want like a straight, like what's, what's it going to cost me? 
um, and a much more price centric won't appreciate kind of having this almost like a game of poker where you don't want to reveal your hand of what it's going to cost. And I've had those conversations in the past and they are certainly uncomfortable. Um, you might also have to wait longer in between clients before you land work because you're going to come up against clients that say no because they've just got a fixed budget. And so therefore, you know, you're going to have to be approaching and working with a different type of client that isn't so limited by budget. And like I said, that isn't every client. So it will inevitably just take a little bit longer to find those people, bring them in, convince them of your excellence and then have a successful value based conversation. But like I said, this is the ultimate. This is where we want to be moving, ideally. Um, and certainly the more you do it, the better you're going to get. And uh, I think probably the best resource I've come across on this would be um, Pricing Creativity by Blair Ends, which is a fantastic course and book all about this. And like I said, once you read it, um, it makes it really clear and there's plenty of actionable things to follow, which are going to make a massive difference in how you price and actually getting superbly high rates for your work. So the big thing I did feel when I was thinking about this was... No matter how you price, it's really about rethinking how you should price in order to suit your life. And but what I mean by this is if you quit your job because you want more freedom and you jump straight back into pricing hourly, so you're working as many days as you did before, you've just swapped one prison, one cage for another. You, you're still working endless hours. You're not probably earning much more. So we want to change how we think about pricing and start with like building um, pricing that's going to help fuel a life that's going to suit us. In order to do that, we have to ask ourselves the first question, which is how many days do you want to work in a year? So if you think about the previous examples, they were quoted saying we would work 10 months out of the year. Now, you might say, actually, Instead of me starting with the annual figure and working backwards, what about how many days we wanted to go? And this comes from an example I had from um, my business coach, Matthew Kimberley, and he set it out and he said one of his clients broke it down where they managed to go, well, I don't want to work weekends. I don't want to work school holidays. I actually don't want to work Mondays and Fridays either. And he took this calendar and he blocked out all of these times where he didn't want to work. And he was actually got it down to about 100 days of the year he wanted to work. And it was extraordinary to watch, but it made sense because now he had built a sort of life for himself where he was like, look, if I work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday for every week of the year that isn't a school holiday, then I'm happy with that. So he'd gone from sort of the three, you know, 300 and odd days a year to 100 days a year. So the next question he had to ask himself was, how much do I want to earn in a year? So if we ask ourselves how much do we want to earn, and let's say it's 100 days of the year and we want to earn 100 grand in a year, clearly we need to understand, well, you need to be charging £1,000 a day in order to facilitate the lifestyle and the income that you want. This all makes sense and you're like, well, that will actually changes everything because we've gone from hourly pricing to project pricing to value-based pricing to actually, no, I'm just pricing in order to achieve a certain lifestyle. So if I can earn a thousand pounds a day and I can get booked for a hundred days of the year, I'm absolutely hitting my revenue goals and I'm hitting my lifestyle goals and I'm actually building a life and dictating when I work and what I do and I'm very happy with that. 
So the question, the third question you're going to ask yourself is, who are the clients I need to be working with who are going to be happy enough to pay me a thousand pounds a day to do work for them? And what is the service I'm going to provide that will make that fee seem justifiable? So once you understand, okay, I want to earn a grand a day. So now I've got to do two things. I've got to provide a service that's, that is well worth paying for. And I've got to find people who will pay it. And this is going to force you to think, okay, maybe I need to find a different audience and a different client ecosystem of or an industry that can pay that. I might move away from working with small coffee shops who can't afford that to working with high-end architects who can. So this is where you're going to think about who is the audience I want to work with? Who are the clients I want to work with who can afford to pay for me at that price? And once you understand who that is, you might say, well, it's going to be like sports car garages or, you know, jewelers or whatever it might be. I then need to go, what would they pay a thousand pounds a day for? And if I can find a service, so it might be like strategy workshops, it could be consulting, it could be, you know, high speed turnaround work. Who knows? But I'm sure you can find that, you know, something that you offer, which will justify that kind of price. Now, you know, OK, would if would they would buy that service from me, but in order for me to justify my thousand pounds and to actually get booked again, I've got to be really good at delivering that service. So I've got to answer the fifth question, which is what skills do I need to acquire in order to deliver that service so successfully that these clients will happily pay me a thousand pounds a day so I can get booked up at a time that suits me. And this is where you're going to go and, okay, I need to work out what I need to do. um, What skills do I need to learn? Do I need to go and work for someone else to get the experience? Do I need to do some courses? Do I, what do I need to do? Um, in order to acquire those skills. And this is the tricky bit where you're going to have to go, okay, clearly I have to improve on what I'm currently offering and where do I need to go and get that? And the thing is, once you decide, okay, if I'm going to slowly acquire those skills and deliver brilliant service and market myself to that market, this is absolutely possible. And then the question is going to be, okay, if I'm working 100 days a year, that gives me another 265 days of the year, potentially, to be doing something else. So maybe I could take that time and I could go and learn and gain even more experience working for the best in the business so that by the time I come back in the following year, I'm going to go, do you know what? I only want to work 50 days this year at £2,000 a day. Wow, now you're changing things. But you might go, well, yeah, a year's passed. Not only have I been doing this for a long time, I've proved my success for clients. I've been away and educated myself. I've got qualifications, awards, accreditations that has actually improved my knowledge so I can deliver an even better service. I've marketed myself and now I only want to work 50 days a year, which then leaves you with another 315 days a year to get better again. And this thing of like, well, I might go and work for an industry icon. I could write a book. Uh, I could build a community, start an online school. What you're beginning to think about here is, as you're elevating what you do and charging more for what you do, you can work less, which means that you can then pump money back into improving and feeding that loop and then getting even better. So I run signature service workshops. And if I was to say the ultimate version of a signature service workshop is a five day retreat and it's a hundred thousand pounds, let's say for argument's sake. And this is my ultimate version of what I do. 
All I've got to do is spend the entire year to sell maybe one or two signature service workshops at that price point. And I've made one to £200,000 in a year. That's it. Let's say each workshop takes three days to run. I'm working for three to six days of the year, leaving me 360, you know, 350 days of the year to market myself to a particular client who has got a business big enough to pay for that service. It really changes how you think about what you do with your time, what you're charging, and actually how you can escape that kind of hamster wheel of going back to £63 an hour and relentlessly trying to book clients that will pay you for that. This is how, when I think about pricing, how I want to change what we do, where we establish how long we want to work for and what we want to earn, and then go and find people who will help us do that. So for me, that was a big revelation, and that made me think very, very differently about what we want to do. So when you're pricing, at this stage, start with that, and then reverse engineer the steps needed to achieve that. But I genuinely believe if you wanted to earn a hundred grand charging a thousand pounds a day, and then you spent the rest of your time learning new skills, getting to know the right people, and and basically getting to know better clients and doing better marketing, there's no reason why you can't be continually improving on that year on year on year, as well as you know spending time writing a book, building your personal brand, all these other things. It means that you're just going to spend your time differently and you're going to be constantly growing upwards. So I wanted to share that with you because I think rethinking how we price is uh, enormously important. And I think it will totally change how you calculate your your rates in the future. Um, And I don't think after you've done that, you will go back to hourly pricing ever again. I hope you found that useful. I hope it kind of uh, got you thinking about pricing and, and changed the way you might approach things. As always, It would mean a huge amount to me if you found this useful. Please share it with someone who you think could benefit also from hearing it. If you have any questions, please reach out to me at thad at thadeducation.com and join the private Facebook group. That's where you can have regular access to me. I'm in there sharing articles, answering questions. And as I said, I really want to help people. I want to help you escape the grind of what you're doing so you can live that more fulfilling more creatively fulfilling and financially fulfilling life and if I can help you do that I will do so please put into action what I've said have a great day and I'll speak to you soon